I remember uh, taking a clip, 15, 20 second clip of Steph Curry in his new kicks, practicing before the game. Um, I had under a thousand followers on Instagram and I posted this in between 20, 30 minutes. I had quarter million views on that video. And I said, wow, if there was a button here to go and say, buy those shoes, <laughs> he would have been able to sell probably tens of thousands of pairs. Will live stream shopping ever work in North America and Europe? Why does it work in China, but not here? Maybe we just do it all wrong. Maybe we're just very, very different. Hello and welcome to Growth Masterminds. Today we're chatting with a very special guest. He's the VP of Strategy at Molengage and does many other things. Molengage, by the way, sends three to five billion messages a day for 1.2 billion monthly average users. His name is Vasil Wanjov. Welcome, Vasil. Uh, thank you, John. Uh, happy to be with you today. Great to have you here. It's awesome. Give us three minutes of your story. I noticed on LinkedIn you had 27 different experiences listed. This has got to be at the top end of the scale here. <laughs> Give us a bit of your story. Uh, yeah, um, a lot of experiences, but good experiences. So I basically have <clears throat> worked a lot of startups and uh, I help startups. They help actually big companies as well. Um, you know, I've been in the U.S. for over 30 years now, uh, only dealing with technology and financial services. Started on Wall Street. Actually started as a babysitter when I moved here. So I used to take care of like... <laughs> started at the very sports. bottom. <laughs> yeah, to the very bottom. I don't think it's on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, washing windows and uh, taking care of kids, driving them and cooking for them and everything else. But... Uh, uh, you you got to start somewhere. You got to learn the language and everything else. Um, but yeah, I've, I've worked for a number of startups. I started several startups myself, raised a lot of money, um, grew, grew those guys uh, quite well. Um, sometimes they've been a little bit ahead of the curve, uh, you know, and timing is everything in startups. Though when you start an enterprise, social networking company in 2005 and you have to explain to people why people need social interaction in enterprise um yeah we were way too early um but yeah in the last several years um i've been mentoring startups i've been investing a little bit in startups um and i have worked in uh marketing automation and user engagement for a number of players um, there was four and a half years that has been with more engage um, and more engage is um, a user engagement platform. Uh, we do push notifications, SMS, email, um, a lot of things around uh, analytics, AI, a lot of data driven, basically engagement. Uh, like you pointed out, uh, we sent over a hundred billion messages a month. Uh, for 1.2 plus billion uh, active users. Um, and we do this on all five continents uh, for big and small companies. Um, when it comes to live stream shopping, as we we're talking about, uh, I was uh, the, the only investor in a small company called Talio that started this live stream shopping um, almost a year and a half, two years ago, playing around with it. 
And we did it for the same kind of reasons. We, we saw what was happening in China, um, especially during COVID. Uh, live stream shopping was booming. Uh, we decided to jump in this and build a platform for it, very different platform, which we're going to talk about. But over time, we realized that the U.S. market and Western, the Western markets are just not ready for it. And uh, uh, we, we pulled away from that uh, and decided to, the company moved to uh, shoppable ads for television, for streaming television. So kind of in the same area in a different, I think. Let's dive into that because I think for a couple of years, there's been a level of fascination with what happens in China, how it works. And we see whether you call them influencers, key opinion leaders, stars, whatever uh, in China, and they're on for a four hour period and millions of dollars of product gets moved. Uh, it's a big deal. It's a thing. It's an event. And there's been a huge attempt to make that happen. Uh, Facebook has looked at that, yep. Snap, TikTok, others, and they're YouTube, frankly. Yep. And there's been varying levels of success and mostly <laughs> very low levels of success. Correct. Why is that? So there is a number of factors. Um, <clears throat> number one is the culture and the adoption of technology. Um, China and Southeast Asia and Asia in general uh, are mobile first uh, uh, countries where in the mobile device uh, in many places is the only screen that you have in the house. So you, you take your news on this, you do shopping, you check your messages. Many times that's not based on email, by the way. Um, and so when you have a country like China, which is now 1.42 billion, uh, and India, 1.4 billion users, um, doing something on, on the phone and selling uh, services, products, it just makes a lot of sense. Uh, and anywhere you go, whether you're in Singapore or Hong Kong uh, or India, um, you can use your phone to buy tea, uh, you know, for 25 rupees uh, in India or to buy uh, anything with your phone, including live stream shopping. So it, it's a very, to, to begin with, uh, this was number one reason why that worked. Also, um, a lot of these networks of uh, countries have super apps. So a very different model and a very different usage of mobile apps compared to the U.S. where we have a lot of fragmented apps when we want to go shopping mm -hmm. other than, let's say, Amazon. Um, you know, you have different brands and everybody has their own uh, app and websites and email and everything else. And so when you segment this in this way and look at it from that way, it's just not the same market to begin with. Um, and, um, you know, uh, KOL's uh, key opinion leaders are uh, cool and they're just like influencers. But in the U.S., the influencers don't really sell other people's product as much. Uh, some do, uh, and some do it very well. Um, on some of the apps, whether that was on Instagram, on TikTok, or uh, Amazon, but it's just, it's a very different culture in the end of the day. And, you know, you don't see, other than some big celebrities, uh, that the social media celebrities 
others kind of go and engage in that way? It's a different history of commerce as well, right? I mean, yes. if you look at Europe and North America, you've got a multi-hundred-year history of the evolution of commerce with well-developed patterns from stores, general stores, to department stores, to malls, to online shopping and mobile shopping as well but generally from a fairly decent sized brand. Whereas if you look at China and you look at um, India, different realities, right? China obviously really started opening up and growing in the 80s and 90s. There weren't that many products or services. India, more of a tradition of the market, right? Which Europe shares to some extent, but North America never really to the same extent. So it's a totally different history of, how I acquire the goods I need and want uh, from culture to culture. Well, you also have to understand that some of those uh, markets uh, skipped a few steps. So Southeast Asia skipped the, the web revolution that we have and went directly to mobile. Um, we used to work with big, um, I used to work with big, clients and vendors um, in, in companies in, in Asia. And for example, Uber, uh, not Uber, but um, uh, um, the company actually bought Uber over there, Grab. GD? Grab. Yes. Grab is in, yes. in, it started in, I think, in Singapore and in Indonesia and other parts. And they're like in seven, eight countries when I was working with them. Uh, when they were signing up users for their app, uh, their drivers, and so on, the first step is go and create an email account on Gmail. They didn't have an email. We are still stuck. The biggest marketing in in U.S. and Europe is still based on email, not on mobile, and so on and so on. So they completely skip that they skip from older phones to much nicer phones that now have the capability of doing um 4k and hd live on a phone and, and frankly are cheaper are uh, more powerful than some of the iphones um i just saw some new phones that are popping up again with uh one inch uh, sony uh sensor and 50 megapixel um capabilities, I mean, it's better than my Sony professional camera. So it's really uh, crazy. And 10 years ago, when we were doing and playing around with kind of live stream shopping, and I've been doing a live streaming for over 20 years, um, you needed to have a rack of equipment that cost $100,000 to do live shot. You know, a camera that was $20,000 with proper lenses and everything else. You can now do it in a phone that you can buy for a few hundred dollars and the quality is actually better. Um, in fact, um, because I've done live broadcasting and broadcasting with sports, uh, many Chinese broadcasters and Asian broadcasters that would come to an NBA game, uh, they would broadcast only from their phones without big cameras, without anything else. And this was like several years ago. They go and an interview live on the phone and send back to China what is happening with the Warriors and NBA games over there. So very different uh, approach to, oh, you got to have a big camera, you got to do this and do that. 
Uh, so that's definitely a, a, a big factor uh, that adds up on top of everything else. I think I was chatting with somebody. It may even have been some of our pre-show communication that there's also significant differences culturally today, maybe relationship-wise almost, in terms of feelings of isolation, single-child policy for a long time in China, that yep. sort of thing. And who do you identify with? Who is your friend? Who do you connect with? And maybe that influencer, that key opinion leader, is somebody that you just tune in regularly because they're your society. They're your, they're your, your group. Yeah, the, the, the culture is very different from that point of view, for sure. Um, also, they have much bigger following. Um, you know, when you have 1.4 billion uh, population in one country, um, you have following of 20, 30, 50 million. That's as much as what, you know, some of the best uh, celebrities, biggest celebrities in the U.S. have. So um, mm -hmm. them saying something, oh, I really like this product, you know, go and get it, makes a very big difference. Um, and mm -hmm. also, again, people there resell other people's products are not just one brand selling their clothes or something else. And this is the other part. Um, in, in the U.S., we are... Our technology marketing stack, technology shopping stack is very different. So hmm. you don't see if you go to the page of Nike or somebody else, uh, you don't see live stream shopping right on the website. You don't see that on the app. You can shop, but can you do clienteling and uh, call somebody and say, tell me something about this latest uh, Air Jordans? You can't do that. Uh, and that's a very big opportunity in the U.S. where uh, brands should incorporate their own live stream shopping, but they don't. And that also means that... The, I, I want to pause you there just for a second, yeah. because that kind of just blew my mind a little bit, because I've been thinking about, you know, on Twitter, on TikTok, on Facebook, yeah. on YouTube, that sort of thing. And there, you know, there's some challenges. We'll get into those and we'll talk about those. But that's a huge untapped opportunity. Nike yep. has billions of dollars. They could literally pay 50 people to take a couple hours every week or something like that and be going over the latest product and what this is doing and how why this is cool and all that stuff. And that would be a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a percent of their overall revenue. And yep. it's kind of cool on their homepage, wouldn't it? Uh, so I'll give you a funny story on this. So when I was doing uh, broadcasting for the NBA for Bulgarian National Television, one of the 20-somethings on my LinkedIn, um, doing it for free, but doing it for fun, and uh, started around 2015 doing that. Um, I remember uh, taking a clip, 15, 20-second clip of Steph Curry in his new kicks, practicing before the game. Um, I had mm, under a thousand followers on Instagram and I tagged it, you know, uh, it was new. Uh, I can't remember what, uh, what, uh, shoes he had or whatever it was. Um, but he, I, I posted this in between 20, 30 minutes, I had quarter million views on that video. And I said, wow. If there was a button here to go and say, buy those shoes, <laughs> he would have been able to sell probably tens of thousands of pairs. And so this is kind of where it hit me 
I said, I'm nobody. I'm not a key influence, you know, opinion uh, leader. Uh, I'm not anybody. Imagine if you are and you post that video live before the game or during halftime um, and what will happen. And again, whether this is uh, driven by one of the big uh, players, Nike, Adidas, or anybody else, it would be extremely powerful. And even now, we see during games like a little QR code, go and shop here, do, and do, do that. But that's during the game. Do it before, you know, when people are really kind of getting ready or do it in the middle of the game or something. Don't show me this in the middle of the game, what is happening. I'm not going to stop. And, you know, many, many people actually... Don't. Let me get my camera out. <laughs> exactly. well, no, no, I mean, uh, you, you can do it uh, if you're smart and you do overlay of ads and stuff like that. But again, we're, we're not really thinking about it. Another thing is, even if you do it on the website, the way I think the many companies in the U.S. are making a big mistake they're going to say, okay, we're going to do this on TikTok. Or we're going to do this on uh, Instagram. Actually, I think Instagram stopped. Even uh, they removed the shopping tab of their app um, or, you know, uh, YouTube or something else. The issue is that then you're still in a siloed. Those mm -hmm. experiences are not tied to a CDP, which is a customer data platform, so mm -hmm. they're not tied into the overall user journey that you have uh, on a shopping experience. So you cannot, even if you go and look at something, uh, tracking back and having retargeting and have a car abandonment uh, notification, hey, you looked at this uh, product, come and get it and we'll give you 10% off the way you would have it with a regular website or a regular shopping app. It just doesn't exist. So there is a huge missed opportunity because you go into these apps, there is no proper integration between their data, their users, their experience, and their actions with the rest of it. And this is what we were trying to fix with Talio. Uh, and we just saw that it's super hard. You have to replicate your product catalog. You got to replicate a uh, user profiles and everything else. And trying to integrate everything back together and then you're hitting, you know, corporate uh, culture problems with one vendor or another because they don't want to deal with it or brand to one another. It it just made it extremely difficult compared to what this happened you, in China. You would think that this, whether it's live stream shopping or integrated shopping, you know, in and around events, so like you would think that if I'm a social network. I really want to go hard on this because I've lost a lot of data visibility thanks to SKAD network, thanks to app tracking transparency on iOS. I'm going to lose a lot more transparency for targeting and audience building and other things like that on Android shortly, 2023, 2024, you know, as a GAID goes away and privacy sandbox and Android comes out. Yep. And a way to address that is I still have all my people on Facebook. I've got a billion yep. and a half, two and a half billion, whatever it is on TikTok, you know, a billion, whatever it is. I've still got all my people there. If I can do the targeting on platform and I can actually complete purchase on platform, I can do the measurement on platform, I can do all the stuff on platform, and I can do it in a way that brands can do some of the things that you just mentioned, maybe not all yep. of them, but maybe some of them, and also stream the data so that they have customers 
and they understand who their customer is. Although obviously the brand that speaks social will want to keep the customer information. But if I can yep. do some kind of a range around that, that's big for my potential revenue. I, it, you are, the, the brands that they're not doing it, uh, I mean, this is the same. It's like uh, um, where we talk about digital transformation. Uh, this is, uh, to me, social transformation. And unless we address... The next generation. Yeah. Unless uh, brands start doing this now, it will be too late. And during COVID, we saw a big jump in adoption of mobile uh, shopping. Uh, M shopping, some people call M shopping the, the new e-commerce. Um, and we are completely though um, missing the point of where everything is going to be this way. Yes, uh, people are not seeing the quick returns that they were hoping uh, that people are used to seeing in China, uh, but it's just going to take some time. You have to invest in it. And uh, like you said, you have the users and you have to try things, but you can't expect that this is going to, the success is going to hit the the hundreds of billions of dollars that uh, people are seeing in China. It's just, again, different markets, more market, uh, not as mature uh, when it comes to mobile uh, and everything else. So I do believe that uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, brands need to do this. Um, it's a must step because this is what commerce is going there was a very good picture of even, I think, LeBron James when he shot this um, winning uh, shot where he uh, uh, is now the, the new leader in, in shots of, uh, in NBA. And every single person other than maybe a handful of, of people in the audience had their phones taking video at the game. Every single person other than literally a handful of people. And I'm like, you want to talk about adoption in the U.S., uh, whether the market is ready? Yeah, the market is ready. But the brands are not ready. And you're dealing with leaders that are not, uh, are afraid to, to take this to the next level or they don't understand it or are missing. And perhaps being social. And perhaps yes. big social like yes. TikToks and the YouTubes and the and the Facebooks and the Instagrams and even TikTok might not quite be ready either in the in the full scope of what we said. It is interesting though that despite having tried and found that you know things aren't quite ready yet, we might see and you're 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 saying it will come. We will see some form of it. It's interesting to me because uh, in China, they've said for a couple of decades, we have capitalism with Chinese characteristics. <laughs> and perhaps we'll have live streaming in the West with Western characteristics, American characteristics, European characteristics. Absolutely. There are a few um, companies that I think are doing some interesting things around this. Um, Bamboozer, which is a Swedish company, um, have been playing with this for a long time. There is actually a lot of companies trying to copy them entirely, which is very funny. Um, Fireworks is the only one that they have seen to do some integration on a CDP level with the user data. Uh, at least they're talking about it. I haven't seen it. Um, I don't know whether they're, they just raised more uh, capital actually last year. Uh, they're interesting. What not is a very interesting social selling app um, it got actually a lot of success, but they are very niche. 
they're only going after sports memorabilia. Uh, it's a very niche market, but they're growing like crazy. They raise more capital. Their evaluation is going through the roof. Um, but again, if you're very focused and Bamboozer, for example, very focused on on fashion and luxury brands and, and things like that, uh, it makes a lot of sense. They also are very smart to integrate um, with other companies like Salesforce. They're also, mm -hmm. I think, doing stuff with TikTok. Salesforce is actually very smart because they are doing integrations with Bambuza, with TikTok and others. We'll see what will happen with TikTok. You know, Congress is right now thinking about completely banging them out. <laughs> this is not just in the U.S., but this may happen in Europe uh, as well. There is a number of countries in the EU that are like, the privacy and everything and everything else going on right now with China uh, may push some of those brands out, which will open the door for others to do better and to do well. Yeah. Um, Amazon Life is doing, I think, a good job on a case. I was just going to say that we haven't talked about Amazon yet. Amazon, Amazon Live is doing some interesting things. They are. Uh, I don't think that their app is very well done. They have some work to do. But they Have you are seen an e-commerce website. Do you think anybody thinks that's well yeah. built? Yeah, I mean, the, the, somehow the, it works. <laughs> somehow it works, and the thing is that people are comfortable with Amazon, so it makes sense. Um, I read an article uh, recently that there are influencers that sellers on on Amazon that are using their social networks to drive traffic to Amazon, and they're being very successful doing it that way. Um, That's in, a nightmare for Facebook. That's a nightmare for yes. Instagram. That's a nightmare for TikTok. But the, the thing is, if for, so this is where some of the technology issues happen. Uh, both uh, Apple and Android have in-app uh, fees that are crazy, 15, 30% fees in in-app mm -hmm. purchases. So you have to drive to another uh, app in another environment to do this purchase. Otherwise you're gonna lose 30%. So this makes yeah, it- Yeah, but that is, that, that's, for, that's for digital purchases, in-app purchases. Yeah, if you're actually no, purchasing physical product, it's different. But, but some are, we're doing it that way. And so I'm just mm -hmm. saying, you have to think about that. And this is maybe yeah. one of the reasons why some people haven't done proper integration in mobile is not as growing the way it's growing in other places. If you have one-click purchasing with Apple, with uh, you know uh, Apple Pay, you will be selling a lot more if the rates were much lower. So I'm just saying this is a small thing, That's but that's a great point, actually. That's a it, great point. Integration it, with the payment systems yes. on individual phones, whether that's iOS, whether that's Android, integration with the so big social platforms and integration with the backend customer databases and product databases of the brands. It's Correct. kind of a three-way dance here. Yeah, and, and for example, Shopify, for example, does not allow you to use outside, like something like Stripe as a, as a uh, payment uh, processor unless they're providing the service in that country. Uh, they're not providing service in that mm -hmm. country. So it is, it's very difficult to deal with little things like this. 
But going back to Amazon, Amazon has been able to push live stream shopping around certain holidays, around Christmas, around, uh, you know, Black Friday and stuff like that. And they have been quite successful. Um, people are listening to some of those reviews and to influencers and they do purchase things. Uh, it's just not to the same level. Uh, but again, it will and take I, some time. I, I think. Yeah, and I think that there's kind of a, a critical mass there as well. Yes. Uh, if it's just a few things on a few times, um, it's not critical mass, and you can't count on it there being something interesting to watch when you go. So I've gone a few times, and sometimes I've seen, like, this is scheduled for then, and this is scheduled for then, and that's scheduled for another time, and there's nothing really on right now. What it needs to get to, especially on Amazon or on a platform like YouTube or a platform like Facebook, is that there's always something on and more importantly there's always something on that i'm interested in. i'm kind of yeah. shopping we're talking yeah. about these little screens in our hands right now yeah i'm kind of shopping for a bigger tv right now yeah and you know what there's that that's a that's a crappy market to be shopping in let me tell you because everybody has their own jargon for what's important everybody has their own way of citing stats and and and, and the capabilities and, and all that stuff and navigating all that also which operating yeah. system you want to be part of right is is webos good is samsung's tizen is that good is there something better from sony you know how does it interoperate with all my other tech and my smart home it's a very complex process and if there yeah. was somebody kind of helping navigate some of that stuff it could be interesting yeah um that's it's it, it's a very valid point um it it you, when you look at it, though, another thing that we got to uh, remember that live stream shopping uh, started growing back in 2000, I think, 16 in China uh, with um, Taobao, right? Uh, so it's been now six, seven years. Uh, we can't mm -hmm. assume that this is going to happen overnight again. Um and because mm -hmm. we don't have those super apps, it, 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 it's just not there. Um, interestingly enough, when one of my gigs was analyst at Gartner, and back in 2013, I believe. What have I, you not done? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, listen, it's it's cool to work <laughs> with different things and, and, and jump and learn and work with smarter people than you, you are uh, all the time. But the Gartner, we wrote a note or blog about this that everybody was like, oh, we got to go, you know, digital and everything is going to be online. And I'm like, well, yeah, but at the same time, I also like to go and touch a product, uh, feel it, open it, press this button, see how it works. And I said, we will see companies that have gone completely digital to go back uh, to brook, uh, uh, brick and mortar and sure. Amazon is a good example. Sure. They actually now have product, you know, uh, stores and they bought other stores that have brick and mortar and not everything you mm -hmm. can just buy online. You may do your research online, but then you may want to go to like the TV. Uh, you may want to go to Best Buy or somewhere else and press it and see, Hey, the colors and you see the LG and the Samsung and all of a sudden the the contrast is better or or something is more it always looks good in the store <laughs> yes. oh, everything looks good in a store so 
it, it the way I think again in China, the big difference also is that people get engaged on this one-on-one clientele. You know, they're talking to their best buyers and they say, Hey John, I just got this new shoes. Oh, you will love them. I know that other brand that you bought uh, and other uh, thing that you bought, you should come and buy this or let me show you everything. And you trust this person and you engage with them and they engage with you the right point. You know, the manager of the store has an incentive to sell more uh, and that's how they do it. So mm-hmm. are we are we enabling managers of stores to go and do something else and sell uh, if you at Macy's or something or Best Buy? No, we are not. So again, different culture, different incentives. Um, everything is very different. But That's the- another interesting point you just made. I mean, like uh, you have these big brick and mortar retailers, Macy's or whoever else that you might have. And guess what? Um, they're struggling. Well, could they repurpose some of their staff? Could some of their staff, hey, it is brick and mortar, but you know what? Today we're looking at blah, 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 or something like that, and put that out on all the networks and put that on their website. And give them, a, give them a percentage of that sale. Give them a quick, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a percentage of that sale to go towards their... Hire for that talent, develop for that I mean, talent, reward it, that talent. Exactly. But you, you, I don't know if you've seen on Instagram and TikTok, and I'm not really on TikTok, on TikTok, but more on Instagram. And there are some videos of actually what is happening in China with the online sellers. And there is these videos of hundreds of girls usually that are lined up I've sitting seen on it. the ground with their lights and they're, they're outdoors. They're out. under an overpass because there's yes. high quality internet yep. right there. Correct. And they get the best quality. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's I mean, I don't know whether this is a good thing or a bad thing, and and uh, but it's, it's a new it's, sweatshop. It's a very it, it's a new sweatshop for selling. So uh, that's another thing that again we got to think about. Uh, to what degree is this good for us and bad for us? Um, so we sometimes forget that, right? Yeah. Um, yep. And and we have to step back and look at all the benefits and everything else. And for some people, maybe that is the only way of income. Um, There there was another news that I just actually Googled earlier, and I noticed that China may have banned women from uh, modeling and selling lingerie. So now guys are selling lingerie. I I have to double check the source, but it came up on Google, and I was like, how is that going to affect things? So it's it's a very different. Um, there is all this political things and and other forces that. Okay, are so you're not wrong. I just quickly googled it. China has banned women from modeling lingerie on online shopping live streams, so men are doing it instead. Yes, <laughs> I have to make sure that that's not a single source. I want to see the source of this. No, um, this is this is Yahoo News, and this seems fairly reasonable, yeah, or, or reputable. So there is um, a lot of things that are happening that we need to adjust to, and I think live stream shopping was an adjustment based on what was happening uh, in the space. Um, yeah. So 
you know, where is our market going to go? Uh, I hope, I do hope that they do a lot more integrations with uh, e-commerce platforms um, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. with engagement platforms like MoEngage and, and others in the space. So you have a better user experience and, um, you know, you get better recommendations, better notification when there is a new product or product is back in stock or something like that. Then we're going to see some, I think, uh, more adoption of this technology in uh, North America and Europe. Excellent. Well, we got to call it there. Can't keep going. This is fascinating. This is enjoyable. This is wonderful. Uh, We'll see where things progress. But I think we're starting to see the rough outlines of what could work, and we'll have to see what will work. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, John. I really appreciate it.